Welcome back to the Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast. With your hosts here, Kenny. And Katie. And all of our little elves. Just kidding. We don't have any elves. I'm honey, I am kicking that door in. I am I'm sliding right down that chimney. I am riding astride my reindeer this this week. You're ho ho hoing. For you, we are. We are bringing the holiday spirit to you. It is. It is. This is the holiday spirit. I'm going to tell you what, this year has flown by. I cannot believe that it is Christmas in a couple of days. I know. I, it's this year has simultaneously been like three months and also like a decade <laughs> yeah. of the same yes. time. It's very weird. It absolutely. It absolutely has. Like days passed really slowly, but like months passed like that. Yes, I am. It's it's almost like at one point I was watching Tiger King mm. and now we're here and it's almost Christmas and yeah. almost the end of the year. Yeah. Second to the last episode of the year, you guys. Crazy. I know. And, you know, Christmas is in a few days. And you know what? We always the thing about the, you know, holiday season with us is that it's always for some reason it always ends up being like. A lot of fun, in my opinion, yeah. to do. Yes. And it, it's just, it's strange. And I think that there's like this, um, I think we have both have kind of had a, a a shift this year in how we're viewing the holiday season and, and that we're probably a little more into the, or trying to be more into the Christmas spirit. You were than, trying. We we're fucking what trying. Because it's 2020 and we really got to take, we got to take it where we can get it. We got to take that serotonin where we can get it. So, honey, I am watching Great British Bake Off Christmas version. I am watching Die Hard. <laughs> I am baking Christmas cookies. I bought Hanukkah toys for my cats. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm fully leaning in. We're decorated. We are doing it. I bought a Christmas tree this year. I usually I have a black tree that I put up for both Halloween and Christmas. But this year, like I actually went out and bought a tree mm-hmm. like an actual tree, not a, not a real tree, but a Lowe's tree. You did that dad thing where you got like a tree with a state of the art high tech, tech light show. It was I, I very did. dad. 
I you. did. And, and, and I did. And I was sitting in, Lowe's, and I was standing in Lowe's and I was just like, hmm, which one of these do I want? And I'm like on my phone looking at the videos and I'm like, okay, well this one, you know, this one is X amount of dollars and it's just white lights. Or you could get this one that has like a fucking Christmas light show. That's probably, it's probably like borderline obnoxious, <laughs> but who really cares? Because it's 2020, right? Like if I want a fucking tree, that's going to light up fucking rainbows. Do it. Fucking do it, dude. Do it. Lean in. Yeah. Lean in is the slogan for the holiday season. But yeah, it is very interesting with the show because, you know, it's no secret that both of our favorite holiday uh, holidays is what is that grammar? (laughs) It's no secret that like we both love Halloween and Halloween is our number one a one since day one holiday. But it is very funny how like we always have these big plans for Halloween and we, you know, this year we were able to put out the Halloween tree, which was really cool. And we were able to share that with you guys, but it never fails that like, for some reason, Christmas is where we have the most creative juices flowing and the most Mm -hmm. ideas about like what to put together. And I feel like Christmas content for this show has always been like one of the things that I really love because I don't know. Maybe it's like a pressures off situation because we're not like we don't hold ourselves out to be Christmas people. (laughs) Yeah. Or or maybe it's that we get some sick pleasure off of poisoning a holiday that people traditionally love. I think that's what it is. I think that's probably for me. It's like being able to just take that holly jolly, merry, whatever, and then just like fuck it all up and turn it into scary, scary Hail Mary. Pretty much. Absolutely. And we've done that for the past few years. I'm actually really excited today, more so than any other day that I'm, <laughs> that, I'm, that we sit down and record this, uh, because I am. It's our Christmas special, it and is. I am. I'm getting to present that to you all today. Absolutely. On this day, and I can only hope to be as good as Katie's trip down Kinky Cane Lane last year. I mean, it was it was good. It was a good time for us. And we all got our uh, our bells a jingling. Our bells. Can you jingle your bell? Are you no? What's that video where it's that girl and she's like, "Are you ready to jingle your bells?" And then she goes to play Jingle Bell Rock, but instead it's like the dirty version of Jingle Bell Rock. Oh my! She goes to play it and she thinks she's gonna sing along to jing- Jingle Bell Rock, and she goes, <laughs> "Are you ready to jingle your bells?" And then she goes to play it and then it's like, stroke of my, lick of my, suck of my cock. And then she's like, oh, God, uh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> you need to look it up. It's amazing. We're not talking about that, though. Noted. No. Um, but I, I got to thinking and I was like trying to figure out what would be a cool Christmassy topic, you know, because we we blew through all of our Christmas demons first the first year. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> We're going to come back to some of them because I think a deep dive on some of them would actually be really interesting. But yeah, we we blew through that year one. We were like, you know, (laughs) don't know how long it's going to be around. And here we are nearly three years later. And we're like, huh? Well, so we did that. And then uh, we did our naughty Christmas last year. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to take us away from that type of toy chest and open up another one. This one's a bit more dangerous, a bit more spooky, mm. a bit more dolls possessed by evil spirits. Got it. I kind of wanted to open up the toy chest a little bit. I was thinking like, 
what is something that's, you know, kind of relative to Christmas, but still scary. And I just kept thinking, I've actually been wanting to do some sort of like toy related Mm -hmm. topic for a while. And I was like, you know what? Christmas is the is the season. It's the season of giving. It is the season for it's giving. the season of giving demented toys. Right. And I am here to receive them. Right. So I've got a couple that I'm going to talk about. So there are, you may have heard of there's two really big famous ones, and that's Robert the Doll. And then you've got Annabelle from you know mm. the Conjuring series, who was an actual thing. And so those are kind of your two big ones. And I'm I'm going to talk about a couple more that are a little less well-known. Mm-hmm. I eventually later on do want to cover those, but I was just like, let me see if there's something else, something a little less uh, known. Uh, hipster demented toys, you mean. <laughs> demented toys from Portland, yes. if you will. Got it. Yes. So my first one that I'm going to talk about is... Mandy, the haunted doll. So, you know, you've ever, you've seen pictures of Robert the doll, right? So, yes. you know, he's like this little boy and he's in a little sailor outfit and he's like a little weird mm-hmm. looking. And then you've seen Annabelle, who mm-hmm. is a typical, she's not the little, she's not the Annabelle you see in the movies. Yeah. I mean, she's got a, I don't know if you would call that a glow down or a glow up. <laughs> For the movies, we don't know. I think I think the movies gave her a glow up. Yeah. Because she's got the pigtails. She's got the rosy cheeks. She's got a little. Well, she sort of looks like she had some work done, but she was looking for a bargain on it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. So, but neither one of the, like, okay, I get the idea that Raggedy, you know, that a Raggedy Ann in the context of being haunted is a little creepy, right? Because right. it looks... Like dead eyes. And yeah. And it, it's it's something it's a something that you've seen. It's kind of like an iconic figure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Robert the doll is whatever. Um, <laughs> He's going to come for me in my sleep. He's definitely <laughs> absolutely, um, most assuredly. But there's just something about this one that I do not like at all in the way that that Mandy looks. Mm. she actually genuinely kind of terrifies me. Um, So she's this little like baby doll. And for the most part, she looks pretty normal, except for the fact that she has this crack over her face. And I'm going to show you a picture Uh, of her. Oh, no. So you see how she kind of looks for the most part normal, but there's that side of her face that just kind of gives you this like, it's distorted. So on her Honey, right she eye, she also looks like she's got a cold sore. Probably. <laughs> we need to we need to get some little blue pills on that stat. She terrif- She was. I was like, Mm-mm. I don't. I'm. I'm not into this. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the article that I'm going to reference is from the Paranormal Guide. Hmm. Uh, so thank you, the Paranormal Guide. Um, Mandy the doll was donated to the Quesnel and District Museum in British Columbia in 1991. And almost immediately, she gave the impression of being quite a creepy doll, leaving people feeling uneasy, especially when unexplained activity began to take place around her. So the curator of the Quesnel in British Columbia, Canada, was sitting at her desk when an antique doll was plonked down in front of her. Being donated to the museum was a 90-plus 
year-old doll. The donor, stating that it was getting old, was fragile, and she did not want her young daughter playing with it and further damaging it. The doll, named Mandy, had belonged to the woman's grandmother. But rather than being sad to be parted with what should have been a treasured possession, the woman seemed anxious to be getting rid of it. Suspicious. It's a little suspicious suspicious. right there. I'm clocking it. It's a little bit suspicious. I'm not. Hmm. You imagine being the curator and then someone just sits this little doll down in front of you and she's like, I need to get rid of this doll. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. As a curator, I might have to take a beat here. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, Um, why didn't she just drop it off at Goodwill anonymously? Because that's like the rest of us with our haunted possession. (laughs) For real. Honey, drop it off. Who knows? Maybe she could get rid of it. Honey, pack it in a box of salt. (laughs) Do you burn it? Probably not. I think, I don't know. If you're going to burn it, burn it in a circle of salt, at least. I just, I don't know. I don't know about that. (laughs) So the curator uh, took hold of the doll and immediately felt uneasy. She chalked the feeling up to the fact that the doll had an incredibly creepy look to it. Its clothing was very old, faded, and the soft stuffed parts of its body were ripped in places. But most creepy of all was the doll's face. It was realistically painted and had glass eyes, but the forehead over the doll's right eyes was cracked, causing the eye to protrude slightly like it was intently peering at onlookers. Mm. She got that mad eye Honey, moody she, look. She got that cracked out look. <laughs> she's got exactly Literally. like mad eye moody. She's just sitting there just looking at you. I'm looking at you with my crazy eye. She be seeing all your faults. <laughs> so Mandy was uh, taken to the museum's workroom to undergo some maintenance before it could be placed on display. The doll was enclosed in a plastic bag. To, I guess, sort of test whether bugs had infested it mm-hmm. and that any bugs or insects leaving the doll would be caught by the bag, thus letting the museum staff know of any type of like infestation or any nasty shit going on. Oh, I bet she didn't like that. However, the uh, realistic looking scarred doll being placed in a plastic bag added to the uneasiness the museum staff felt when they looked at it. Those working in the same room as the doll swore they heard the bag rustle as if the doll had moved inside. And it was not insects causing the movement either. The doll would change positions. And then so would I in this museum. (laughs) Changing positions as in finding a new career. Uh Perhaps there, you know... Perhaps there is a nice job in a nearby restaurant. I mean, anything really Uh independent podcasting about museum matters. (laughs) I would. Could you imagine just being the one of the researchers or whatever and then just hearing that bag rustle and then look back and it's, you know, that fucking doll and a plastic bag. Mm -mm. I mean, what kind of position is she in, though? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming Mm -mm. she was just laid on the table and was just. All of a sudden, she's sitting up looking right at you. And that's me turning around, taking my badge, sitting on my supervisor's (laughs) desk. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Bye. I'm finished. We're not doing this anymore. That is it for me. It's done. We're done. So after the initial analysis of the doll was complete, it was time to photograph it, a process all artifacts at the museum undergo for the record books. 
Mandy was photographed and then left in the lab overnight. The next morning, when staff re-entered the lab, they found it had been messed up overnight. Smaller objects had been thrown about the room and across the floor, larger, heavier objects just pushed over on the spot. And this would happen any time Mandy was left in a room by herself overnight. The curator likened the mess to what would happen if a child had thrown a tantrum in the room. Uh Uh-huh. When Mandy was finally placed on display within the museum itself, she was one of the first things visitors would see as they passed the entryway. They would mostly feel uneasy when looking at the doll. There seemed to be something incredibly wrong with it. At times, photographs taken of the doll would not turn out. They would be blurred or have strange light anomalies present in them. It got to the point that the uneasiness felt by the visitors had staff placing Mandy further back in the museum in her own glass display case. (laughs) (laughs) They said, you're going to go over here. Can we just, um, I just want to feng shui this room a little bit. Um, If we could just move the terrifying haunted doll to the back of the room, that would be fabulous. But that would be really great. I don't think that, see, that would not be my take at all because that would only make it creepier. Right. You know right. what I mean? Let's push the doll back to the darkest corner of the museum. Let's just put a lot of light on her, like a lot of it. <laughs> For so real. So that we know what she's over there doing. Yeah. So we can keep an eye. Keep an eye on Mandy. On her. Mandy, got you. Got a camera on her. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want that, though, because no. whoever's reviewing the tape I would not. is going to get upset. I would not do that. Upset. So eventually, a psychic inquired as to whether they could hold the doll to see what they could pick up. Because they're they're weirded out. So they're like, we're going to bring a psychic in here to see this, which mm-hmm. I'm not one for psychics, typically. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I mean, when weird shit's already happening, just lean in. Just lean in. Let's embrace just it. just lean in. Mm-hmm. But upon reading the doll, the psychic felt that it had suffered much abuse, but it was not the doll who was suffering, but rather a spirit that was inhabiting it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So this doll got a big crack in her face and we bring the psychic in. First thing the psychic says is she done been abused. Mm -hmm. Groundbreaking. (laughs) Well, what developed uh, from this is an origin story to the spirit inhabiting the doll. This story cannot be proved and may just be legend or folklore, but it is believed that the doll was found in the cellar of an old farmhouse. So the story goes that a man was walking past the farmhouse when he thought he heard some crying coming from within. The odd part about this child's cry was that the passerby knew the farmhouse to have been empty and abandoned, so no child should have been present. He See, walked, that's when we call 911. Called, that's when we call a professional services. to go ahead and handle that. Uh-huh. Because I'm not going to be the one. Not today. Not this day. <laughs> you hear some child. Huh. Okay, well, let me just. I'm going to get to my own farmhouse and I'm going to call the police. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have them investigate it. Mm-hmm. So he walked up the drive and knocked on the door. No answer. The crying continued, so he had a look around. He entered the empty farmhouse and discovered the crying came from below his feet. Not knowing how to access the building cellar from the inside, he went back outside to find the external entrance. As he opened the storm doors, light illuminated the room, and he made a shocking discovery. 
the body of a young girl, long dead, lay on the floor with a doll held in her arms. And it's not known why the girl was in the cellar in the first place, whether it was by accident or as some form of uh, crime or punishment. But regardless, it is believed that when she died, her spirit decided to inhabit the doll. A horrible story and no doubt a story that you may not believe. However, there is a link between some aspects of the doll's origin and the woman who had donated it to the museum. Mm. So when strange events surrounding the doll had started to take place in the museum, the curator decided to visit the doll's previous owner. She said, we've been to Star 69, this shit, what's done happen? I want to see, I want that part in the film, I want to see that. Yeah. That like whole scene where the curator's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. the doll has been like about-faced, and mm-hmm. then the curator's like, hmm. And she goes and she pulls out her little Rolodex (laughs) and she looks up and she's like calling her. She's got her little pencil in and she's like, I imagine there's like a rotary phone and she's Mm -hmm. like calling them. Now, if she was a real one, she'd have given her a fake number. So that angle. So that path of trying to contact (laughs) me after I'd pawned some demonic (laughs) shit off on you (laughs) or not necessarily demonic, but just like paranormal possessed shit. That number that you call in, honey, uh, that I filled out on that little form when I dropped it off, when I made my donation, uh, <laughs> that number is going to be fake. Do you think she got a tax write off for that? So uh, I hope she did. <laughs> I hope she did. 501c3. If that museum was a 501c3, honey, she's taking a deduction. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's what I want to see. She's like, all right, it's time to call somebody. So it was, it was here uh, that she learned the truth. The owner had not donated the doll for fear of her daughter breaking it. If that was the sole reason, then she would have just placed the doll in a box and out of reach. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The oh, real, I don't think she likes boxes as, as much as she likes bags. Yeah, no, <laughs> she doesn't like bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the real reason was that when the doll was in her house, the woman could hear a crying coming from the cellar. When she would investigate to find the source of the sound, she would find nobody there. The cellar's window would be open and the doll on the floor. When this began to happen more frequently, she decided to get rid of it and then donated it to the museum. And from the very first night that the doll was no longer in her house, the unexplained crying stopped. Here's my stupid ass, like, sitting the doll down and having, like, an intervention, like, honey, I know you're scared, but let's just have a quick chat. Because what you're doing is existing in a place of fear right now, and what you need to do is just move forward into the future with the confidence that you're a bad bitch. It's like me holding a therapy session with this doll. (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty much... That's pretty much Mandy's story. So she's still at the museum and staff and volunteers have been saddled with weird um, and unexplained events. Um, lunches would disappear from the refrigerator, which that could have been me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Can you imagine that shit going in as a volunteer and you didn't pack your lunch and then it ain't there? Honey, you about to see a haunting. You have never in your life. For real. Let me tell you what. You get to worry about Mandy mm-hmm. if you stole my lunch. You don't have to worry about Kenny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they go, and instead of Mandy in the in the glass case, it's just my face staring back at them from the other side. <laughs> Who took my sandwich? <laughs> it's like the um the stories with the big toe, the woman who took mm. my big toe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who took my, my panini? <laughs> 
It was on artisan bread. Artisanal bread? <laughs> you stole my artisanal panini? <laughs> I would kill someone. Hmm? Actually would not. I don't want that going out there into the universe if something happened. I would not. That sound bite. But I would have very strong words. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very strong words would not be good. Um, so, but these lunches and things would be found or items would be misplaced and would be found later, like tucked away in drawers. Mm. Um, footsteps would be heard when no one is around. Pins, books, pictures, and everything else would go missing. Some never to be found and others which would turn up later. You know, some people passed it off as the staff just being a little bit more absent-minded than usual, but who knows? So every year, people still come to the museum just to see Mandy, and every year something strange happens surrounding her. So do we believe that Mandy has a supernatural link? Well, you can go to the Quesnel and District Museum and find out for yourself. Maybe. Eventually. Perhaps. One day. When it's safe. (laughs) When it's safe. Outside of, you know. Do people bring her toys? I you know, wouldn't. Well, well, no, you know, sometimes if there's like areas that are haunted by little children, a <laughs> lot of times they'll bring like little toys. You mean like my there. neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. No, but a lot of times people will bring like toys or whatever if there's like a sad story that's associated with it. Yeah. I no, I don't think that they do. I'll bring her a smaller doll. I wouldn't bring her, her anything. I mean, she just seems like she's working through a lot. Maybe <laughs> issues of abandonment, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So that's the story of Mandy. And I don't know. Do you believe that spirits can attach themselves to items like that? What's your I mean, thought I on that? I don't see why they couldn't. I mean, we so we've talked about like stone tapes and how that's possible, mm-hmm. right? Yep, stone and, tape theory. And we've talked about like the concept of energy being very present and and what happens to the energy that inhabits our physical selves after death, who knows? I mean, you know, it's possible that I guess it could get hung up in a possession like a doll, particularly if there was some sort of moment of trauma that that item was present for, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, there are certain things that are just like fucking weird, you yeah. know? What this about is you? true. What do you I don't think? know. I, I don't know. I think to me, I'm wondering if it was, I'm the forever skeptic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of question the um, intentions behind the curators, because what would be better to like draw yeah. something to your museum than yeah, a haunted doll? Like someone like, did you find this doll? And it was just like, oh, this is just a really fucking creepy doll. Yeah. And maybe you did experience like some uneasiness or maybe there were some like weird things that were going around. But did you mark it on that? Did you mark it upon that? Because I would. I do think it would be interesting to see because like Mandy looks very much like a creepy doll, you know, like Mm -hmm. like if somebody was going to be like, oh, we're going to talk about a haunted doll. That's what you would think it would look like. Right. It would have some sort of like weird element or it would look like Annabelle where it's like dead eyes or or whatever. But I would like to see like a kindly little teddy bear or whatever that just gives everybody the fucking creeps and nobody can explain why, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that would be almost more believable in a sense because there's nothing inherently creepy looking about it. Yeah, I agree. Well, this next one that we're going to talk about isn't inherently creepy looking. 
Um, so I am going to take us to Japan for this one. Oh, how fabulous. Oh, I've always wanted to visit Japan. <laughs> yes. So we're going to move from Canada and then go to Japan. Uh, and then this article that I'm refer- referencing is from oldcityghost.com. So this is the story of our haunted doll by the name of Okiku. So in 1918, a young man purchased the doll that would later on claim the name of Okiku as her own for his two-year-old sister, and the legend would kickstart a tourism flash. So Japan during this era was still stuck in the ways of feudalism. While the world around her was embracing the progress of technology and science, Japan was holding tight to her beliefs and to her rich mythologies and fables. And this was a land, and still is by all accounts, where demons, ghosts, vampires, and other creatures roamed free. Mm. A land where goblins and evil spirits were constantly harassing normal folks. On February 3rd, you drove evil spirits away by going to shrines and through rituals and folklore practices, setsuban events, lake monsters gobbled kids up, woods like Okigahara, northwest of Mount Fuji, drove people insane and compelled them to trigger warning suicide. Um, Foxes were sacred, animals, all of that were kind of, um, you know, kind of sacred. So there's a lot of culture there that was and still is kind of steeped with a lot of legend and supernatural boogeymen and myths. And dolls are some of them and were powerful instruments of magic. You just kind of don't mess with dolls. So the doll in question was bought by uh, the 17-year-old in 1918 for his two-year-old sister, Okiku. He was touring the region for a maritime exhibition, and the doll instantly drew his eyes. It was the perfect little thing. It sat on a shop window, enticing him. He didn't think twice. He went in and instantly purchased the figurine for his sister and, by accounts, used the last little bit of his money for it. Mm. So at about 40 centimeters tall and dressed in a traditional kimono, the doll was pretty exquisite. Its hair was jet black and cut to roughly shoulder length in a traditional Okapa hairstyle. Her eyes were piercing coals that seemed to swallow everything up in their gaze. The thing was mesmerizing and enchanting, something to take your breath away. So he went back home and gave the doll to his little sister, and she fell in love with the doll immediately. It transformed into Okiku's favorite toy and, more importantly, her best friend. Okiku played with the doll every day, took it everywhere, and treated the figurine like a little sister. She would talk and have conversations with the thing. She would feed it, sleep with it, and she decided to call the doll Okiku, a mirror duplicate of herself. The doll literally never left her sight. Mm. So immediately off the jump, I think we're projecting a lot of energy onto this thing. Oh, for sure. Right. Like that's the thing. And I don't know if there's like children have a different energy, which I'm sure they do. But like when you think about that type of energy, childlike energy being projected onto something inanimate, I could see how 
easily that could happen or be, you know, infused within an, an object. But it is such a typically like it's such a kid thing to do. It's such a little kid thing to do to get this doll from somebody who you love and you're like obsessed with it. And you, you know, you call it your name because, well, you love it and you want it to be just like you. And it, it's such a kid thing to do. Like it's mm-hmm. such a normal kid thing to do, I think. Yeah. To to I never did to that. do that. <laughs> Um, I don't think I did. I really only had one stuffed animal that I really, really, I mean, I had a couple stuffed animals that I cared about, but, um, only one was my A1 since day one. And he's still sitting on my bed today. And that's Teddy. <laughs> he's a teddy bear. I was given at birth and I named him Teddy. Teddy. Very creative. I was. I never had, I mean, I had stuffed animals, but I'm going to be real with you. I was into the Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> I, my mother collected Barbies, so I would hide them and play underneath my bed. With I would take the Barbies, hide up under my bed, and play with the Barbies up under my bed. So there's that. Very gay. And very, very gay, homosexual. Over level 9,000. And, and I always loved the holiday Barbies. My mother had every holiday Barbie, and I just loved them. I was like... The holiday yes, Barbies queen. were fabulous. The, the holiday Barbies were something special. The dresses, the, mm-hmm. the layers, the ruffles, the, the big hair, the jewels, the accessories. Mm-hmm. Loved them. And I never really had a doll that was sort of like, or any type of toy like that, where I was just sort of like, this was mine. And I like yeah. held on to it. Although my mom did have a doll that really creeped me out. She had a, the, it was a set of kiss dolls from like the band. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one in my closet, if you know my mother. <laughs> she had the set. And then there was a Gene Simmons doll, like with his tongue uh, out. with his tongue out. Yeah. yeah and yeah. with his face paint. And I remember it being like shoved into the back corner of my closet <laughs> oh, no. somewhere and just being absolutely terrified like of a it. fucking demon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, because yeah, at the time I was like, I don't really know what the fuck this is. It just yeah. looks like some demon. I mean, with its tongue out. I mean, shit. And it was just shoved in the back of my closet. Shit, might have been worth some money now. Damn. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, that was it. But I had always found porcelain dolls and things like porcelain that. Porcelain dolls are very scary. Porcelain really dolls creepy. with the glass eyes are very, very frightening. My mother had a, I think it was from, it was from some sort of collection. I don't think it was the native or like the American girl ones, but whatever it is, it's like this like Native American baby mm-hmm. doll. I know which one you're talking and about. And it sits in a tiny rocking chair made just for it. And I think we have actually like left my mother's house before when we were there alone, like as teenagers or whatever, because that doll was freaking us out. It was not, it was not good. I don't like that. Doll. Well, she Still also to this day. has a tiny little Raggedy Ann doll too. She does. The Raggedy Ann doll never really messed with me that much. But the 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 little baby doll that is in a tiny rocking chair just really it just watches <laughs> you like those glass eyes everywhere you go you feel like it's looking at you and it just looks really ominous and I'm like my Man. my mother had one of the porcelain dolls that was about maybe like three or four four foot tall mm-hmm. and she was in like a little I remember it it was like this pastel green and like cream colored like dress. And it had like a little pink silk rose mm. right at the very top of the dress. And she had, or it was a necklace. It was a necklace that she had. It was mm. like a, a rose or a heart. I can't remember. And she had like a little sun hat, little straw sun hat. And she had 
brown, like curly like hair and like uh, little ringlets mm-mm. used to scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. That and she had those little peekaboo dolls that you'd put in the corner. Oh, fuck those. I hate those. <laughs> you remember it's those? Such, that was such a huge thing for like Southern moms in the 90s, uh-huh. the peekaboo dolls. And I'm like, how does no one see that this is utterly terrifying? Absolutely. Why do you want to see that? Like in the dim lighting of the late evening. My mother There's just had this them. thing standing in the corner. Like what? In every corner. No, it's not good. I don't like it. It's mm-hmm. very Blair Witch to me. I'm like. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I never understood it and no. I didn't like it. So, yeah. <laughs> dolls. Creepy. In general. Um, That's the message. That's the message. So then a year later, tragedy struck. And in 1919, Okiku died. Yellow fever had descended on the family of the little girl. So she ended up passing away. She Mm. died gasping for air, very much in pain and afraid with the doll held firmly in her grasp. And she was only three years old. The family wanted to bury the doll along with Okiku, but circumstances prevented it. And the doll was never laid to rest with her. Now, see, that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. That was a mistake. Well, yes. So was it one of those things where like because she died of yellow fever, like the government sees it was like a corpse and they buried her. It just says that it was it was uh, circumstances and governmental oversight. Yeah, because what would happen in big uh, epidemics like that, the government would. Because they weren't exactly sure what was causing the yellow fever. The government would take the bodies of the deceased who were confirmed to have died of this illness and they would bury them in these big mass graves. Yeah. And they would be far away or outside the limits of the city so as to hopefully stop the spread of the disease. Yeah. Um, because that was effective during the Black Plague when the plague was actually carried by fleas on the bodies of rats that would run from bodies to bodies. So... That's probably what happened. Probably. Oh, that's not good. I'd be like, take this doll with you. <laughs> so the doll, alternatively, was located in the family's altar, which was a um, which is a mm-hmm. common practice in certain Japanese households to commemorate the dead. Right. Um, the small shrine celebrated their daughter and marked her passing into the afterlife. But that's when the weirdness started to occur. Mm-hmm. So one day, the family started to notice that the doll's hair was getting longer. So remember, it was once a traditional shoulder length cut with very neat ends. And it slowly turned into this mangled mess of split ends reaching down past the doll's waist. It was scruffy, different colors, and had a different texture. Mm -hmm. At night, they started to dream of Okiku. And sometimes the doll would just appear by their side the next morning. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Even if that's my oh, daughter, okay. I'm like, no, I don't know. I, I actually don't know because grief is a funny thing. And I'm and I'm like, it's real weird. Everybody's different. I, I don't I feel like that would be very damaging from a standpoint of like moving on with your life, because I right. feel like I would just get way too involved with that doll. Right. Like <laughs> we'd be giving it haircuts and talking to it, it wouldn't be good it wouldn't, no it wouldn't it wouldn't be good for me personally i mean no. i'd lean into it but it wouldn't be it wouldn't a be a healthy relationship thing. no no so the events uh intensified and grew into full-blown acts of spiritual infestation lights would flicker on and off banging sounds would be in the ha- would happen in the house uh other strange noises and voices 
And it would all happen the closer the year got to certain key dates, which would be Mm. um, most notably Okiku's birthday and also the day of her death. So over time, they were certain and town shamans and spiritual leaders concurred that their daughter's soul was in fact trapped within the doll. And in 1938, the family relocated to a different district, and they had by now become accustomed to Okiku and had even grown fond of their daughter's restless spirit. And to them, it was a magical and unique opportunity to interact with the dead. But for some reason, they did not desire to take Okiku with them, fearing that what fueled her magic was the proximity to their daughter's grave. I don't know about that. They believed that if they took the doll away from, Uh took the doll further away from her body, that Uh it would lose its, that they would lose their daughter in a sense. But you, but you, I feel that, but also you go and abandon her and she only three years old. So she ain't going to take too kindly to that. Yeah. Is the thing. Well, The family approached um, the local temple and asked them to take care of the doll. The temple by now had heard countless stories of the amazing doll, which was this haunted doll whose hair grew every year, and they were fascinated with the idea of housing her. The priests uh, gleefully accepted the charge and started taking care of Okiku. And over time, they've managed to confirm the veracity of some of the claims, particularly that the hair does indeed grow. The priests have sent out cut samples of the hair for scientific analysis. Um, Scientific examination of Okiku proved that the hair was that of a human child. Regularly, the hair gets a trim. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. That, okay, if we we step outside of (laughs) our, like, spooky ooky vibes, right? Uh Uh-huh. Where'd that hair come from? That's what I want to know. Where did that hair come from? Concerned. Anyway, I just want to acknowledge it. I just want to acknowledge it. I am concerned. You're the, the scientific like researcher who's like, how'd they get this well, hair? We need to talk about it. Anyway. Um, and supposedly the um the doll gets a regular hair trim and stays happy and content. And as the years passed on, the doll's fame grew and her powers further developed. She's bolder now, invading the dreams of the priest and those that come to visit her. She's stronger, her hair's growing faster and wilder, and she's even a little bit spookier. The lasted event uh, driving tourists mad is the frightening claim is that the mouth of Okiku is slowly opening, and that if you dare to peer inside, you may be able to glimpse something like baby teeth spouting like weeds from her porcelain gums. Oh, no, no, we ain't, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. Uh Uh-huh. I ain't down with it. You know, I mean, we can do the whole hair growing thing. I'll get you a haircut, sis. You know, we can have, we can have a little sleepover. That's fine too. But I don't need you growing no teeth. You don't need no teeth. What you feeding on? Not anything you need teeth for. Mm -mm. To me, it's Mm -mm. not necessarily the teeth that are frightening. To me, it's more of the mouth opening. Right? Like, why is your mouth opening? The teeth don't bother me I, as much as the mouth. The teeth bother me so much. Because <laughs> why do you need them? Because why do you need them? <laughs> you don't need them for anything unless you do need them for something. And if that's the case, I need to know what you need them for. Uh-huh. 
I just don't know. If she's so like happy and content right now, what's going on? What well, it didn't seem like it. Just seemed it like we'd be garnering strength. It seems like she's biding her time for something mm-hmm. and she's like and the priests in this temple getting all kinds of they she's visiting them in their in their dreams. But like, I don't think we should. I think this is like very quickly I think that this could evolve into some weird sort of doll worship situation and that's not what we no. need. So you can visit Okiku. Um, she's located in a private shrine on display in a little wooden box in a temple in the town of Iwamizawa in Hokkaido, Japan. And she's there waiting for all who want to play with fire and have a one-on-one conversation with the paranormal and the bizarre. I don't want to have a conversation. I, I'm yeah, good, I'm girl. good. I'm, I'm all right. Uh, I don't think I need it. I'm I don't good. think I need that in my life. I'm good. So those are my creepy doll stories. And I just found it really interesting. You kind of have two different sets of, you have two different stories here, but they both have a common connection with a child and their attachment to a figure. But you kind of have one who's probably a little more, doesn't seem to be too dangerous. Talking about Mandy, she's just a little mischievous and like a little creepy trickery yeah she's just she's a she's a bit of a bit of the mischief maker that one but then you've got this other one you've got okiku who's to me is a little more there's i don't know there's a little more malicious but you have to also take a look at you know japanese culture is can be terrifying in like a lot of their like ghost stories and stuff like that so it makes sense for me for that to be like, mm-mm. because even as something as subtle as like the mouth is slowly mo- opening, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm I'm mm-mm. good. I'm done. Yeah, I'm absolutely done. So probably not good gifts to give. Very weird. Very weird in that I think, I guess the difference is with Mandy, we see a sort of like mischievous element, almost like impish. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Right. Like gremlins, you know, little gremlins that get in your house and hide your keys and hide your belts and shit like that. It's very much that sort of energy, poltergeist energy, if you will. Yeah. Whereas with Okiku, it's a little bit like, okay, so this doll was there, this man, like if we believe the lore of the doll, right? This doll was in a shop window and this man was drawn to spend like the last of his money on it. Seems very odd that he would make such a, you know, instead of keeping money for food or whatever, or something reasonable, he spent, he blows all his money on the stall. And, and it leaves you to sort of question, like, is that his love for his sister? Or was that like his, was that something about the doll that was inherently drawing him to that? And then with Okiku passing, sadly, was, I guess my question in that story is like, was the doll haunted before Okiku ever came into possession of it? And that's why he was so drawn to it. And that's why Okiku was so drawn to it. And And then when Okiku passed, did it sort of take, that energy into itself and Mm -hmm. use it as a source of fuel. And then with it having been placed in a spiritual place, like a, like a temple and having these monks who are sort of like waiting on it all the time, is that feeding whatever that is inhabiting that doll as well? And if so, what happens? I'm not really here for that. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I'm not either. So I kind of wanted to um, close us out on something a little more lighthearted, 
but definitely still dangerous. So we've got haunted dolls, but I wanted to bring you a few like toys that you most definitely should not be giving. Not because they're haunted, but because they're just absolutely, they'll fucking kill you. Right. Um, It's the 23rd. So if you bought them, (laughs) I guess you fucked. So some of these were a little crazy to me. Okay. Um, And so these are not, you don't, don't give these gifts. These are dangerous. Number one, flubber. Yeah. Kids love anything ooey and gooey and homemade slime and store-bought compounds such as Silly Putty are as popular as ever. But in the early 1960s, Hasbro released a product called Flubber, and the company was subsequently hit with thousands of reports of rashes and sore throats in kids who played with it. The company recalled Flubber and in what has become a part of modern-day toy mythology supposedly buried the excess product behind a warehouse because they couldn't burn it or sink it at sea. Why are you trying to <laughs> pollute our oceans, number one? <laughs> but what the fuck is this made of that you can't burn it and it won't fucking sink? Mm. Number one. Don't want that. Maybe give it, give some of it to the military. Seems like we could do something with that. <laughs> well, next up is a definite do not give is the uh, 2007 CSI fingerprint examination kit. <laughs> so would-be gumshoes were disappointed in late 2007 when Planet Toys requested that its CSI fingerprint examination kit be yanked from the shelves. What was the reason? Lab tests by a nonprofit watchdog had showed that the fingerprint dust in the kit contains it's asbestos. Oh, it's a, asbestos. Amazing. The case ultimately touched off a nationwide class action alleging not only that the toy had asbestos, but tremolite, one of the most lethal kinds. Shit, we had asbestos and fucking lead in all our shit in the 90s, and we turned out just fine. Yes. Next up. And this one was a little, uh, this one was a little weird. The Horizon Hobby Radio Controlled Helicopter Kits and Spindle Sets. So with Horizon Hobby's Radio Controlled Helicopter Kits and Spindle Sets, the main rotor washer can fail. This causes the blades to become unstable and fly off the helicopter during use, posing an injury hazard to both operator and bystanders. And if there is a question as to whether a defective model helicopter can kill you, the case of Roman Perosic Jr. comes to mind. He was a 19-year-old model helicopter enthusiast who died after a mechanical malfunction caused his model to become unstable. As a result, he ended up scalping himself and was reported dead at the scene. And while Perosic was using a different model from the Horizon Hobby line in question, There have been no injuries or incidents reported at this time. His story highlights the safety concerns surrounding these dangerous toys as a whole. Huh. Next up, (laughs) we have Ace Bayou beanbag chairs. Oh, damn. I had one of these. (laughs) Yeah. While many products on our dangerous toys list that we are talking about have the potential to be lethal, Ace Bayou beanbag chairs are the first, or one of the first to actually result in casualties. Shit. According to the CPSC, the chair has claimed the lives of a 10-year-old boy in McKinney, Texas, and a 3-year-old girl in Lexington, Kentucky. In both cases, the children died from suffocation after Mm -hmm. suffocating or choking on the chair's foam beads. Also, in both cases, the victims were found inside the chairs. 
The exact nature of the defect had to do with the zippers enclosing the foam beads. Children were able to easily slide them open and crawl inside where they became trapped and deprived of oxygen. Good job ending things I, on a light note. No, right? I'm, I'm ending it. That's not my... <laughs> It's not my last one. This last one is uh, kind of touches back to our dolls, but um, you might not think about this one, but uh, Cabbage Patch dolls. Well, shit. The Cabbage Patch, quote, snack time doll. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Had an innocent enough mission to be a friendly lunchtime companion for kids and maybe to encourage picky eaters to start liking what was put in front of them. However... Never had that problem. Never had that problem as a husky <laughs> child. Didn't didn't have many issues with what was put in front of me. Could have actually, in fact, used uh, being a little bit more picky. Probably. And discerning. Both of us. However, the latter mission ended up backfiring spectacularly. Um, the dolls, too, stopped caring what they ate. And they started using their chompers to gulp down stray locks of children's hair that happened to get caught in their mouths, even tearing one little girl's hair out by the roots until she was practically bald. Oh, no. By the time the dolls were taken off the market, they had veritable stomachs full of child tresses and their lunchtime companions were probably turned off from food for life. It's tough. That's one way to get a haircut, I guess. Could you imagine a, a fucking different... cabbage patch doll and one like it's just eating your hair? You know, if they had retooled that, though, like gone back to the workshop, did a little bit of, you know, tightening things up, they could have marketed that as a different kind of floby for, <laughs> for haircuts for children. We could have made it a fun time, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, Interesting. Very uh-huh. interesting. Well, thank you for that trip down Haunted Toy Lane. We uh, appreciated creaking open the old toy chest. Sounds like you found a lot of spooky stuff, and maybe we will have to revisit our toy chest in the future, mm-hmm. perhaps, to yes. see what other beasties lurk there in the dark, yes. if you will. So we do have a bit of a Christmas send off for you guys that we are going to read at the end of the episode. So please do stay until the end of the episode. But before then, we want to tell you guys, in case you are new here, where you can find us for some more Haunted Heart in your life. So we are on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. We're also on Facebook. If you search The Haunted Heart Podcast, you can find our our page where you can leave us a five-star review and you can also find our private group. The group is private for your safety and for your like, you know, just personal reasons so that your aunt Denise doesn't have to see all of the spooky shit that you talk about in your free time. So if you just request to join the group, either Kenny, myself, or a member of our murder mod squad will approve you to join. And then you can chat about all things spooky uh, related to our episodes, but also related to all kinds of other stuff that we don't get a chance to cover on the show. Yes. So it really is a fun time. I encourage you to join that group there. I know this year is difficult as it's been. Um, the group has been a huge shining light in both of our lives And um, it's just a really great place for support from people who are weirdos like us. Absolutely. 
If you would like to give us a little bit of a Christmas present, give us a five-star review on whatever platform it is that you uh, listen to us on, if you think we deserve it, and leave us a little note. It really just helps us get optimized in the feeds um, and help us meet new people, new listeners. Um, You can also, if you want to do a little bit more, you can support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash the haunted heart and you can sign up to support the show every month for as little as a dollar a month and it comes with all sorts of cool uh perks like an invocation on an episode of the show where we say your name merch free merch for you depending on what level you subscribe at and uh patrons get a free spooky smut episode and a free netflix and kill episode i don't know why i said free but you get a patreon exclusive netflix and kill and spooky smut episode every single month there as long as other little special things that we will drop on the feed and also nail to your home so there's that maybe locks of our hair will nail next year who knows (laughs) I think that's it for the housekeeping. So let's get our Christmas hats on. Do a little holiday send off. Do the put your Christmas hats on and let's close the toy chest on a wonderful Christmas episode. As the sun sets on a wintry bed and Christmas day memories replay in your head, you may cuddle up with a new toy or two, a gift from Pa. Grandma, too. And when the lights go out, Mom and Dad retire, and the chimney smokes from a snuffed-out fire. Don't mind the sounds that you may hear of a scuffle or a rustle that reaches your ear. It may just be a rodent, or perhaps something more. Just a pair of plastic eyes staring from your door. A toy robot blinks and moves his head, despite the fact that his batteries are dead. Or maybe it's a doll with a childlike grin, chuckling from the toy chest, beckoning from within. They just want to play. They just want to have fun. Fun, 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 until they are done. So get out of bed and do what they say. Because it's time for fun and it's time to play. Best Best friends friends till the end. end. Yes, we know it seems kooky, but you're with us forever and always stay spooky. spooky.